Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. I'm glad you could attend again. You are listening to the Let's Talk Hemp podcast. I am your host, Morris Beagle. Welcome to the show. Good day, hemp friends and family. I hope everyone out there listening is doing well. I'm just getting back in the groove after spending eight days in Thailand that included the first Asia International Hemp Expo in conjunction with the second International Environmental Hemp Forum. Special shout out to Takashi Akanuma from Japan, who is the founder of the International Environmental Hemp Forum, and the gentleman responsible for inviting a lot of great guests from around the world to participate in this historic event. Not only is Thailand going to be a leader in all things hemp, they are already the leader in all things cannabis when it comes to Asia, as they are the only Asian country to fully legalize cannabis in all of its forms. So congrats to the country of Thailand for stepping up and being the first in that beautiful part of the world. I personally had the pleasure of being part of a U.S. delegation that was funded by a USDA MAP grant, which is a market access program designed to fund U.S. companies to explore trade and export opportunities in various parts of the world. The National Industrial Hemp Council, headed up by their CEO, Patrick Atagi, applied for and received this grant covering the years for 2021 and 2022. It helped cover the cost of our travel and expenses and provided some excellent opportunities to create international relationships. Besides myself and Patrick, we were joined by Greg Necco of IND Hemp, Mandy Kerr of the Global Hemp Association, Tim McCarthy of United Natural Hemp Extracts, and Chad Rosen of Victory Hemp Foods. In addition to the U.S. delegation, there were 35 other international speakers spanning five continents and over 5,000 attendees for the event. To say the least, this event was a solid success. One of the best things about the event was I got to hang out with a lot of speakers and participants after the event in Pattaya, which is about 90 minutes from Bangkok. We stayed at the Cincy Villa, owned by Ben Dronkers of Cincy Seeds and Hemp Flax, and during that stay, we had some great conversations. Some of those conversations I captured on my little Zoom recorder, and that's what you're going to hear during the Thai Tapes Volume 1 series that kicks off now with my first guest and good friend of many years, Sergei Kavalinkov, or as everyone knows him in the hemp space, Sergei from the Ukraine. Sergei has been a leading voice for the hemp building and construction movement over the last decade, and besides being a respected leader in the industry, he is an even better human being. And with that, Here's the first episode of the Tide Tapes recorded at Cincy Villa. And here we are in Thailand, and I got Sergey from the Ukraine here. What's going on, man? Hey, nice. Uh, great to see you. Great to see all of the faces in the hemp industry. Yeah, thank you for having me here. So, uh, what do you think about the Asia Hemp Expo? Well, uh, it was a it was an incredibly uh, organized event, considering that Thailand went legal on recreational and medical cannabis just uh, in June this year. So it's only been five months, and uh, the size of the expo and the level of organization just uh, amazed me. You know, we have seen the minister. At the, at the event, we have seen uh, a lot of honorary guests and, of course, uh, big speakers from all around the world, from five continents, if I'm not mistaken, you know. It's 
Yeah, it was impressive. I'm proud of the organizers and the country for being able to pull this off like they did for the first event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, organizers did an amazing job, and I think uh, Thailand uh, is showing, paving the way for the rest of the Asian nations uh, moving forward in the in a whole cannabis and hemp uh, space. I would agree. I'm glad that they're the first ones to actually do it. I think that they're the going to be the best ambassadors to the rest of the world and to help unite. Europe and Africa, North America, Australia. I think that uh, this is a, a good event, it's like you said, with good people. Yeah, yeah. You know, going so fast from penalizing people for possession of any type of cannabis to all out legal you saw what was happening at the show especially on the first day there was just so much interest there were so many companies representing you know selling fertilizers um, uh, presenting services of extraction uh, retail distribution you know obviously you know the the, the, the products uh, seed sale it was amazing it was amazing I'm, I, I, you know if you would look at the uh, parts of the world, yeah, I think like Southeast Asia was uh, kind of dragging along and without having a, uh, without having any country taking a step forward. So now we see Thailand moving forward. So I'm, I'm extremely happy to see that. Well, obviously several people have mentioned China. China's been in the game forever and they'll continue to be in the game, but it's nice to see another Asian country, especially one that legalizes all aspects of cannabis exactly to step so up and they are the first they are the first yeah and there's a pretty significant interest in industrial hemp we've seen lots of composite type companies plastics um interest in textiles so i think that there's going to be a, a good opportunity for this country to be able to participate in the industrial market yeah there were actually institutes Mm -hmm. uh, Thai institutes that they've been playing around with composites of uh, different kinds of a different uh, biomasses, uh, including hemp as well. <clears throat> so, of course, the next step forward would be figuring out which varieties work, uh, which uh, fields are uh, more uh, equipped uh, towards hemp cultivation, you know. So there's going to be uh, a few years of R&D happening right now figuring out uh, what which variety would give the biggest yields for certain applications so it's exciting times, it exciting times. It'll, it'll take a little while but I think that they're on the, the right path so let's move into what's up with Sergey what's up with Ukraine what are you doing well uh, yeah we we continue to build hemp houses uh, with hemp wire. Uh, we continue to manufacture our binder products, uh, our plasters, hemp-based plasters, and continue to educate people even uh, during war times. Uh, once again, I want to emphasize uh, for the companies if they're getting into the hempcrete space, it's essential to build your uh, product base around the local uh, a local supply chain uh, because you know during the pandemic uh, we continue to build and hemp houses during the war we continue to build hemp houses simply because our formulation consists out of uh, all natural Ukrainian ingredients so that's uh, going to be the key moving forward for other other countries around the world once you have your 
supply chain figure out inside the country then uh, you are pretty safe you know and uh, of course the country has been hit with war it's a, a terrible situation we by the end of the year we're gonna lose 40% of our GDP it's going to be a, a, a tremendous hit uh, for uh, Ukrainian economy and you know there are certain power outages and it's uh, becoming more and more difficult to kind of uh, run a business in a proper manner because people have left, uh, people have left uh, with a lot of money. Uh, a lot of people left the country just to be on the safe side. Uh, so, of course, we are in a difficult situation, but I believe that, uh, I hope that the war will stop within the next year. And then we, of course, have a plenty of work ahead of ourselves rebuilding the country. Yeah. It's just a travesty. Looking at it from the outside, I mean, I know that generally most of the world is, is on Ukraine's side. There's obviously some countries that are just trying to remain neutral. War is bad for everybody, and hats off to you for doing your part to try to maintain rebuilding and taking care of those that are, you know, in need, which leads to you've got some nonprofit stuff that you're looking to launch here shortly right yeah well we, we in fact we already did you know it's a non-profit fund that kind of uh, been put on the back burner for many years by my partner and now we are reviving it and uh, trying to raise the money for uh, many projects uh, the first one of which is of course the residential complex for refugees and orphans um, it's a it's an old farm that's getting flipped into the uh, hempcrete uh, largest in fact uh, hempcrete uh, building in the history of ukraine it's going to be around 10,000 square feet and it's all going to be hempcrete so as soon as i uh, met people in charge of the project uh, we suggested to them that they should build it out of hempcrete and the person that was uh, his name is Evgeny, who was uh, who saved literally 170 people from the eastern part of Ukraine. He brought them uh, to the to the western part of Ukraine. Uh, he agreed. We have uh, you know found our architect friend to draft up the initial design uh, drawings. Uh, we have donated hemp to them. We have uh, provided binder at cost. Uh, we have organized a big seminar. Uh, for the professionals, uh, along with the re uh, the refugees, we we taught them how to do it, and now we see a beautiful case where refugees uh, in Ukraine uh, building their new future home uh, using local sustainable materials. We have uh, brought in three different TV channels already onto the site, and uh, we're looking to get some international exposure and help them raise some money to finish it as soon as possible because. Uh, uh, there are out of this 170 people, uh, 80 of them are children, and uh, who's going to look after children if not us? So it's kind of our duty to, uh, uh, to 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 finish this project as soon as possible. So we have, uh, you know, we give a second chance to all these people, especially children, you know, especially children without any parents, and uh, that have suffered from this war. Mm, the second section of the building is being planned to be uh, a rehab center for war veterans. So we will be reaching out to different uh, mm, 
entities uh, related to war veterans uh, in USA, where we're going to have like an exchange type of program. Uh, this uh, this guys they will be coming over to Ukraine. We're going to be teaching them how to uh, build and insulate houses with hemp, and uh, while they're going to be counseling our war veterans that just came from the front lines uh, with all kinds of PTSD and uh, psychological problems. Uh, their experience uh, fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan would be extremely, and how they recovered, you know, what's important is when they, once they come back from the war, what happens, what goes through their mind. So we see Hempcrete being sort of like a bridge uh, uh, to the recovery of these people and we're gonna have hundreds of thousands of soldiers coming back from the front line in the year in the in the months to come so uh, I see that this project uh, will go a long way and it's going to be one out of many you know as, 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 as long as we teach these people how to build their own sustainable healthy housing I think uh, you know uh, I think it's a I think it's a beautiful story you know, giving them opportunity to do so, and now we're uh, now I'm going around the world is uh, and trying to raise money uh, to finish it up. We need about three hundred fifty thousand dollars left to kind of finish up the first section. Not a lot of money, uh, but it needs to be found somewhere. So we're doing our part to help uh, Ukraine recover. In fact. The, uh, the our motto of this fund is hemp Ukraine recover instead of help we just uh, uh, switch one letter to hemp and now it's hemp helping Ukraine recover yeah that's a great little mantra uh, so that's the name of the project that's the name of the uh, is it a foundation or it's a yeah fund? so basically it's a non-profit fund that's oriented towards uh, uh, raising uh, money and uh, uh, searching for materials. There are some companies that, for example, entities that cannot help with money, but they have uh, they are manufacturing something, you know, for example, like windows, or they are in the timber industry or in the hemp industry, and they can, for example, donate. We, we have seen uh, companies stepping forward, processing companies in Ukraine saying, I'm going to donate a truckload of material because of what you guys doing, I love what you guys doing. You know, I see that uh, the the project is you know taking place. This is not some ephemeral thing that's gonna you know start next year or in a couple of years. No, we're already doing it. You know, we we have a website. We're gonna be posting uh, different uh, types of images and photographs showing the progress of the of the project. And uh, like I said, there will be many more to come because. Thousands of buildings have been ruined and destroyed. Millions of people have been displaced. Uh, you can imagine the, um, the consequences of this uh, terror. And uh, these people, a lot of people are coming back to Ukraine uh, because they either out of money or they miss home. And, you know, living abroad is always more expensive, right? So a lot of people miss home and once they come back, they need to live somewhere. So... This uh, this nonprofit fund is directly uh, related to development projects and helping those in need. So, where can people find out about this? What is the website, and how can they get involved? Yeah, so the website is called hempua.org. Uh, you know, so hempua, h-e-m-p-u-a.org. 
so this is the uh, this is like a simple website that we put together where we're going to be constantly kind of bringing it up to speed uh, whoever is interested in the project and uh, we're going to be contacting Habitat for Humanity we're going to be contacting contacting all kinds of international entities to raise awareness I'll try to bring in international media to cover to cover the story uh, it's a unique story like on the uh, on the planetary scale you know no it's a it's a war in the middle of the Europe and now we are seeing how the plant is literally helping us you know rebuild uh, build new structures rebuild the, 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 the buildings that have been damaged by the war uh, I think it's 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 a great example of how hemp is already uh, being used to help uh, people you know recover from these atrocities yeah yeah well hemp can help hemp can make things better absolutely you know me i've been doing it for quite a few years and uh, i'm i'm trying to explain it to people how essential the crop will be in the years to come and how it is important to set up facilities to process hemp all over the world even in u.s there are only a few there are only a few, and you guys need at least uh, three to five in every state. So we're talking about 250 decortication processing facilities for the country of 350 million people population. Yeah, so. uh, without question. At least we're past having like three or four now, and we should have like 15 or 20 by the end of next year. So we're... Yeah. But we've got a long ways to go, obviously. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's a start. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you've been in the industry for quite a few years. You, you're seeing the progress. You're seeing things moving forward. And uh, even even on the uh, building uh, side of things, you know, U.S. Building Association have done uh, an amazing job trying to bring hempcrete into the building codes of United States of America and once you know from 2022 the residential building code will be recommending hempcrete for you so there will be an official there, will, there has been already an official announcement this fall that uh, hemp, hempcrete is taking strides and uh, slowly slowly being integrated in there so that's a, that's a start you know slowly but surely we'll get there I mean it's not gonna be next year you know, three to five to ten years. We'll we'll continue to make progress. We've made progress the last five to ten years. We'll continue to make progress, hopefully quicker than slower. You're also doing some project abroad with like Stephen Clark going to Tulum. Any other things that are on the docket that are kind of cool in your world? Well, uh, there are a couple of projects that we are currently working on, uh, exactly uh, related to setting up facilities. The the hemp pro hemp processing facilities and then uh, post-processing uh, equipment where you're making blocks or panels. Uh, we are under NDA right now, uh, but uh, hopefully within the next uh, four to six months we'll be able to make some nice announcements regarding that. Mm, uh, the world is in, 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 in big need of uh, this type of solutions and uh, the pandemic and the war is showing me how important it is to set set up as many uh, stations uh, around the world as possible right now. You know, I'm gonna preach the same mantra, but the same plant can provide you know food, uh, shelter, and clothing. Uh, those are the you know, 
and of course the medicine, right? Uh, those are essential elements of a happy life of any human being, right? So, and the time is running out, and of course, uh, people still learning, investigating. Uh, the, the, I would say the first step is, you know, receive the proper support from the government. Farmers need to be on the safe side, uh, not taking money out of their own pocket to, you know, for, for cultivating test plots. This is, has to be a government support. Government has to step up and uh, uh, help farmers because without farmers there is no industry. And that's how uh, any uh, biomass-based bio business will always operate. So we, ha we have to uh, keep those guys protected, educate them, uh, show them, any, you know, provide them with all kinds of knowledge and support uh, to start cultivated at scale. And um, that's, that's the way moving forward. Right now in Ukraine we have terrible uh, situation because this year, uh, this farming year has been completely ruined by the war. Uh, agricultural companies couldn't get out into the fields. Some fields were inaccessible, right? Uh, some under occupation of the enemy by enemy. Uh, we already encountered some problems sourcing minerals from one of the suppliers because the facility is under occupation, you know, uh, in southeastern part of Ukraine. Uh, but we still keep moving forward, you know. Uh, there are still companies uh, growing and processing hemp. Uh, believe it or not, it sounds ridiculous. The rockets are flying uh, across the country and people still continue to build. I admire all Ukrainian people for being so brave and uh, crazy at the same time. So, can, uh, you know, uh, full of uh, faith and consistency that everything will be all right and they continue to operate which is uh, miraculous to say the least and uh, yeah we're just trying to do our thing well that you're providing an example to the rest of the world that's uh, quite amazing so thank you for the education and the wisdom and all that you're doing on behalf of the plant behalf of your people and behalf thank of the you. future of humanity well, if everyone wants to kind of join us, yeah, we're going to do a workshop with uh, our great friend Stephen Clark in uh, Tulum, Mexico on the 17th and 18th of December. I know it's a kind of short notice if you have to uh, travel from somewhere, but it's going to be a beautiful event. Uh, Stephen's been one of the uh, pioneers as well doing his thing in Mexico. So, uh, yeah, we need to... We need to unite and spend more time together, even in the hemp building world. You know, I would love to see more and more of these uh, hemp building gatherings and conferences and uh, expos, just like what Steve Allen is doing in Europe with the International Hemp Building Association. So we need more forums where we bring in not just uh, uh, companies insulating and using hemp, but as well as the researchers institutes that doing scientific study work that's that's what's important you know to to, to back us up with a real hard uh, data showing how how advantageous it is to use bio-based materials like hempcrete you know when you design and construct some kind of building or dwelling you know so those those years are yet to come you know uh, the industry is at its infancy you know if you want to call it at the early stages but it's still a pleasure to see how it's evolving and shaping up. So. Well, that's one thing Ben Dronker said, I think it was even last night. You know, they've been doing this stuff since, for 30 years, and it's still in its infancy. <laughs> it's, it, it, it is crazy, and uh, I, my head's off 
to Ben and people like him uh, because it's not about the money it's quite clear the people that's been in it for the money they're already out of the industry uh, they saw how hard it is you know to stay consistent and uh, being hit from different sides uh, and still believing that this is the right way to go so you know hopefully our children and grandchildren will uh, value our input into this whole thing and uh, last year we even hosted the first ever uh, a workshop for seven and eight year old kids in one of the private schools in Ukraine and I've never seen uh, such eagerness and will to learn from adults as I've seen from these kids you know seven eight year old children you know we brought in pre-mixed hemp grades so they would stay away from touching the dry lime and obviously it's not safe but uh, once you mix hemp with lime and water then anyone can do it and these kids uh, they were amazed by the simplicity uh, the use of this material you know one of them was like does this mean I can build my own house? And I'm like, yeah, that's right. You know, you just take the ingredients, put the, you put up a little frame with your with your father, you know, you mix it up, you know, three ingredients, and you can put up the walls of your house. And you, they were amazed. They were simply amazed that, like, they could do it themselves, you know. So that's, that we have to start with our children. We have to start with the more uh, educational components in schools and universities. I'm supposed to recorded lecture right now for Oregon State University uh, so things are happening I'm, I'm really glad to, to see that educational institutions are right now turning their sights uh, towards uh, the sustainable uh, products so they're doing a lot more research and now they're willing to educate their uh, their students about it so that means we're doing something right yeah for sure the universities are starting to really come on board in the United States and around the world. But like you said, Oregon State, that's awesome. Jeff Steiner and that whole group with their platform and what they're doing for research in the hemp industry, it's its very important. And hats off to those guys and everybody such as yourself that's contributing to their base of knowledge. It's been a pleasure hanging with you in Thailand. Yeah, they, yeah, it's uh, it's it's just great to see uh, all the old friends here, like yourself. You know, this is how we meet up, right? And uh, exchange information uh, only on these uh, events right now, because you know it's been hard to travel the last couple of years. Now yep. that uh, the world has opened up, now the conference is taking place uh, because you know during COVID it was. Uh, uh, you know it yourself. Oh. You or you tried to organize uh, NOCO and you did organize it. You did an amazing job during the COVID era. You know, uh, in, you know you how painful it was uh, to bring everyone everyone together. So I'm happy to see that uh, these events are uh, now taking place in Asia too. You know, so yeah. it's great. It's great. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, thank you, and hope to see you at NOCO and maybe. Four months down the road here, you can make some announcements there that are kind of locked up under NDA right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely <laughs> looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Like, yeah, like we've discussed today, yeah, uh, everything's just so slow, you know. It's yeah. just these projects, they, they're beautiful, they're complex, and requires a lot of energy from uh, a bunch of people, you know. You need a lot of people come together in order for this type of projects to, to, to come alive. So, yeah. yeah, definitely looking forward for the bright hemp future. All right. 
Thanks again for all you're doing. It's great to see you. Thank you. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.